0: Hello and welcome to this episode of The Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot, CEO of the Experience Agency, D Flash. This is part of my 29 Days of Magic series where I get to find 29 amazing women interview one every single day through February for Black History Month. And this episode is super exciting for me because I've been a fan of hers on Twitter for like the last two and a half years. And so really delighted to have Minda Hart, CEO and author of The Memo. On the show, you know, Minda's book has been game changing for a lot of different industries in corporate and helping black women get a seat at the table. So we're going to talk about her book, how she got there and, and some other fun things as well. Definitely take a listen. Hi, Minda. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me uh super psyched to have you um as you know nothing ever changes but the first question anyway uh i'm always fascinated by the responses and 29 days of magic has given me some unbelievable answers so i feel like you're just going to be right up there so Linda, what was your first job
1: wow i'm really about to date myself here but it was uh throwing phone books uh there <laughs> used to be a thing, yeah. Phone books. Hopefully the audience remembers those. And they're uh they would have people who would take on almost like a paper route and you would take um those yellow pages to and drop them off on the steps of different buildings and houses. So that was how I gained uh income in my formative years. And were they heavy phone books? I they were heavy, I they were the, the heavy head. ones, like you, you know, where you needed like <laughs> <laughs> two hands to you know pick them up and drop them off. It, it took a long time on those routes. So let me tell you that I didn't didn't do it for too long, but that was my first. How old were you? I was probably like 12, like, you know, doing this. Again, child
0: labor laws being broken. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, so they're giving children heavy books to throw people's doors. What could possibly go wrong here? Okay, eight. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, my, my back is now starting to feel the, the after effects of those things. But yes, it, it, it was good money at the time. Of course. And you realize, okay,
0: I, here's how I can make my own way. And even if it's a little bit difficult, I will figure it out and successfully you know, land those f- phone books. So still correlates well. So Minda, how do we get to be sitting here chatting today? What
1: are you up to? Uh, yeah well i 'm definitely not throwing phone books uh anymore i 'm glad that <laughs> that i <laughs> that i 'm throwing other things now, not um phone books but i uh, spent fifteen years in corporate and nonprofit roles and uh, around twenty fifteen I decided that I wanted to make sure that I left the workplace better than I found it for black women and women of color and so I started a company called the memo l l c uh, which provided and and still provides curriculum, community, and um, a a weekly memo about the experiences of women of color in the workplace and how we move forward. And uh, since 2015, I have a podcast called Secure the Seat, where I interview folks like yourself about their journey uh, as black women and women of color in the workplace. And then most recently, um, authored my first book uh, by Hachette and Sill Press called The Memo, What Women of Color Need to Know to Secure a Seat at the Table. I'm on book tour right now. <laughs> that, that, you're, on,
0: you're on any book tour. Um, yeah. I can see that you're, I, I said follow you on Twitter, on Twitter. So, you know, let's talk about the memo because, you know, I have been telling you uh, through DMs that like, anytime I meet a white woman in business, I'm like, here, read this book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then like, and then they get back to me like, what'd you think? Like, oh, I get it now. Um, and I think, you know, I would encourage everyone listening, um, uh, black, white, doesn't matter, um, to read this book. I think if you're a black woman, you'll read it and you'll be like, oh, of course. And if you're a white woman, you're like, really? If you're a white man, you might be like, oh, I had no idea. Um, but it would be great to sort of dive kind of give some kind of key
1: moments about what the book is about. Yeah. So I'm glad you made that point about it does have a woman of color on the cover uh, and it does say women of color in the title, but it's just as much for us as it is for our, you know, so-called allies as well, because how do you change the workplace and help people if you never know their stories or don't know them? And so really what came, why I wrote the book is because I wish I would have had some insight into how to navigate um, corporate America as a black woman, as a first-generation college student, I was the first person in my family to work a corporate job. And my first check, you know, was more than both my parents had made combined. And, and it's a lot that you you go in thinking that if you work really hard, you'll have equal footing to rise up the ladder. But what you find as the black woman, woman of color, is that you, everything is not created equal for us. And so I wanted people to know what it's like Uh, before we even start working on the job description and doing the job function, just what it's like, as Solange says, to be us, right? And um, I think (laughs) it's important for our our allies, our managers, to read about what it's like for us to be. um, And just because we talk about women in the workplace, this was the second part of writing this book, is when media or whomever talks about business books tend to be written by white men and women and so i wanted to be able to tell a story where it centers us for a change and where we could read our stories and shake our head up and down and
0: and say amen or
1: whatever it is we're doing cry and but also how do we move forward and so it's really just a kind of a chronicling of how i found my voice and how i encourage um, black women and women of color to remember that as audrey lord said Beware of feeling like you're not good enough to deserve it. We deserve it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really key point. I think one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of the book is sort of nodding your head as well as lots of hip-hop references. Bless you for doing that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for appreciating that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, like, I can I figure out how old you are. I'm like, oh, wait, okay. There's a few years, age difference. But like, yeah, uh-huh. Got this, Amanda. Thank you. Um... But I think it was that you know you were very very honest in terms of why and how the world is different because I you know some of the feedback I've gotten from you know some of my white female friends who've read the book have been like I had no idea that that's the world you live and I'm like yeah <laughs> like that it's and it's it is sort of universal like you do run into certain kinds of roadblocks. Like I always say that like when someone says a, you have to break the glass ceiling, I'm like, no, it's not a glass ceiling. It's, if you're a black woman, it's a concrete ceiling. Mm-hmm. And the only good thing about a concrete ceiling is there's, there's always a window. And so you can always find your way out and find your own way. But oftentimes you, you know, your escape has to be when you know you have to walk away and you talk about making those decisions of when you had to let, just kind of, yeah, I'm done what's some of your advice for um especially black women in business when they're like that they're at that like I'm done like it's, we're good here
1: <laughs> yeah I think we probably many of us not all of us but many of us probably have that like five times a day I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> You gotta <laughs> <cannot laughs> yourself, tuck yourself off the ledge uh, but most importantly um I wanted to remind us that many of us do have dreams of being in the C-suite or moving up the ladder, being the CEO, whatever have you. And I think because of the inequities, inequalities in the workplace, we defer our dreams, right? And, um, and I don't want that. Like we've worked too hard to lean out now. And so, yes, some of us may want to create our own tables and that's great too, but I don't want us to have to do it because we feel like that's the last resort, right? So what would it look like if maybe things didn't work out at this particular place, but there's another place maybe across the street that would value you and, and um, create an opportunity to accelerate, accelerate your career. But part of that I think is being clear on what we want out of our career and articulating that and quantifying our worth to the people that, that need to know what we want. Because you think, uh, at least for me, I think about the times in my career where I was in the elevator with the CEO and he asked me, Minda, how you doing? If he knew my name and, and I'd say, Oh, I'm good. And then I wouldn't say anything. And then later I realized, man, that was a missed opportunity to tell him what I'm up to, what I'm working on. And so I think that sometimes our direct report, the people we report into don't have our, interest in mind and so it may be building out your squad to find those people who will be your advocates
0: yes i think that's it's a really important part because you know i, I say this to a lot of you know young younger black women in business who i you know mentor and, and give advice to it's like you need to speak up <laughs> like when you yep. have term, you say something um and i think oftentimes you know you know, depending on the work circumstance, they, will, they may feel beaten down and that, like, no one's listening. But, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. <laughs> so you've got to find a way to help kind of find your voice. Can you talk about the idea about what, it's, what it means to actually, like, sort of be the one who does socialize and, like, go to the happy hours and go to the company outings and not, and not just sort of like, that's not for me, so I'm not going to do it.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up, Laura, because I think that's like the pushback I get the most from black women on this book It's like they love everything, but they like, I don't know if I don't feel like I need to do all that. And I say, you know what, well, this is just another tool in your toolkit, right? You know, you don't have to drink, you don't have to. Once I kind of try to break it down and say, you know what, this is for you, not necessarily for them. And maybe it's not happy hour or you have kids, but scheduling those coffees in the morning with colleagues or just doing something different to expand your your social capital with inside the workplace. Because I think for us, many of us as black women, we get in these situations where we're working really hard, right? Our heads down and we're waiting on someone to tap us on the shoulder and be like, hey girl, it's your time. And the reality is many of our Colleagues are not checking for us in that way. So we have to let them know we are the winner, we, what we bring to the table. And that may require us to go to the break room, birthday parties, go to the weekend, volunteer events, you know, do something different. So at least try it out, right? Try it out and then come back to me and say it either worked or it didn't. But at least you have tried doing something different to get a different result.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, it's funny, like, because I similarly get the same pushback from uh, um, other black women when I, when I bring this up. And I'm like, so, then I always say, like, do you ever wonder why whenever the, uh, you see a picture of me at a dinner, I'm the only black one? Because I'm the person who's like, oh, you, got, uh, you have an invite to a dinner? Great, I'm coming. Can I bring a friend? And if I can't, I'll tell my friends, guess who I met at this party? Because, like, you should know these people and then introduce them. This is how this access works. And if you think that people are going to magically know that you're amazing, it doesn't happen. No, like, it doesn't <laughs> at all. And, like, <laughs> and, like, and, I, and I think it's like hammering home that, like, you have to be in those rooms. And however that, and however that is, like, you know, I've gone on ski trips. I've gone on ski trips. I don't care. Or the other pushback I'll get is, well, Laura, those things are really expensive and I can't afford it because if it's a big outing or something and everyone has to pay for it. I'm like, you know how many times I've been invited to something and because they need some diversity in their photographs, I get a discounted ticket. (laughs) ticket. I'm the one they invite because they don't want to be a table full of white dudes. Like, you know, if the invitation is coming from, you know, if people are even thinking to invite you, it's because they want you to, to be a part of this conversation. They can always be like, oh, we're not going to like, eh, it's just for the boys, and which does happen. But if someone says, hey, like, you want to come to this happy hour? Like, you know, I've even talked to my younger friends about like, oh, I don't want to drink in front of my employee, my bosses, because I might get turned up. I'm like, okay, here's a trick. <laughs> it's called sparkling water and lime. Mm-hmm. because basically if you you just need something in your hand to make it look a little bit like you're a part of the party. So sparkling yes. water and lime looks like gin and tonic. You know what Laura likes to drink a lot? Gin and tonic. You can't tell whether or not I'm <laughs> drinking tonic or a seltzer water and a lime in it. It comes in the same glass, the
1: same ice, and it's the same color. Like, do that. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And it's to your point, it's not about, and I think this is the, the trick, right? It's not about going out and drinking with your coworkers. It's about going out and being strategic. Who in that room do you need to be having a laugh with or that they need to see your face or that you talk to for a little? And so it's it's less about going and getting the drink. It's about being strategic. Who do you need to make, you know, quote unquote friends with? And I think it would I mean, I know for me it exponentially um, accelerated my career when I went to those after six kind of activities.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't have a career without it. And, you know, and you know, I think lots of people assume that I'm this big introvert. I'm like, actually, extrovert. I'm like, actually, no, I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert introvert, which means I can ramp up and be this happy go lucky, tally go lightly. But like, then I got to go in and like, I don't want to deal with people. <laughs> like, so you can always do and also do like the, you know, 45 minute rule. You can do anything in 45 minutes. You can you can nurse a drink, <laughs> you can say hi to the three people in that room, yep. know that you're there, and then leave. You can
1: put a timer on your phone. <laughs> like
0: there is no reason why you shouldn't do this.
1: Yes, yes. Put yourself out there. I remember one uh, dinner. It was after a long day, and in my former life, we used to. I was a consultant and travel a lot, and sometimes with my colleagues. And long story short, our um, like she was like uh, she was in the C suite, and she came out or she was going to dinner with some of my colleagues and at first I wasn't going to go. And I'm like, how often would I be able to have dinner with this woman? And I even pushed myself one step further and I sat across from her at the big long table, you know, so I was strategic. And because I made, she got to know me a little bit more and she thought about me for other things that she had not thought about me for because we shared a couple laughs and a little conversation. So I know it might seem silly or, you know, not necessary, but it, it really is necessary. <laughs> it is.
0: It really, you know, it's, and I think, you know, you know, I think it's, it's just really, it's so very important. I think it's, it's, it's why I want to talk to you about it because I you know I see sometimes you know folks are having this like hard time when they're like well I'm in these big meetings and I don't know if I can speak up and blah, blah 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 and I'm like well has this is this the very first time they're ever seeing you I'm like and like yeah I'm like have you ever gone to any of these other experiences no And I'm like <laughs> see this is what happens it's like because you never know who's in that room at that hot happy hour that you're gonna to meet tomorrow in a completely different setting and their impression of you will change greatly if the night before, you know, you talked about what was on Real Housewives or you met, you mentioned something about this cool bar that you went to that had this like awesome mixologist. Like there's something, like, you know, you know, people wanna work with other people who at least want to engage with you in a conversation. And as much as everyone thinks that you just buckle down and do the work and work for him, speak for itself, that'll be the way it works. It's not how it works in reality. The world is based on relationships relationship and how people
1: feel about working with you. Yeah, that likability factor plays a lot into it. And I think as black women, as women of color, like that's part of the narrative we can control. Cause if they see us in a different light, they will less likely call you an angry black woman because they've actually spent some time with you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you think about it, it's like, it's your, it's, it's sort of your
0: buffer and like your softener <laughs> that you kind of have to do, which is crazy that we do, but like, you know, it's where we live in. So we can't like pretend like this, not how the world works. Um,
1: well said, well said. Um,
0: so if we at least acknowledge that, then we can move forward in smarter and better ways. So as much as we know, are telling black women to go out there and like, you know, be, and build great relationships. What about when like they've got the Becky situation where you had, where you're like, you know, um, or just making your life a living hell. Um, how do you sort of escape those sort of situations in a way that you, know, you can leap of your sanity, but also puts you in a position to set you up for success for the future?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a hard one for me because well, you know, in all transparency, for those who haven't read the memo, I have, I wrote about a really hard chapter in my life, uh, where I was, you know, doing all the things that I think I was supposed to be doing. But when you have people that you work with that just don't want to see you win, they are roadblocks for you. Um, what I realized was I was trying to make something happen that I couldn't just make work. And I think as black women, we've been conditioned to try and make everything work. and I stayed in a situation a lot longer and it was more detrimental to my health, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, because I tried to make something work that was never going to work. And um, that was kind of my moment in time where I'm like, you know what? I have options, but because I've tried to make this thing work and I forgot what I bring to the table due to some of the toxic work, the workplace I was in at the time, I uh, realized that it was my duty. My I held myself accountable to make sure that, I do something so that the next person that looks like me doesn't feel like they have to make this work. And I think part of it is how to turn. And I, and I saw somebody write this on my LinkedIn. So um, I I don't remember what their name was, but they posted on it and they said, taking your trauma and turning it into a triumph. And that really hit me in a way because how do we take this trauma, right? How do we take the trauma that we have and, and turn it around? And so even if you feel like you can't take it anymore, realizing that you are the prize, and even if this place doesn't work, centering yourself to say, okay, if I can't leave today, or I can't leave next week, what are the things that I can do to make work work for me now, and while I stayed in that position a a year longer than I should have, I took advantage of my professional development stipend, I, you know, was out on the road as much as I could be, you know, (laughs) and uh, I was using and making connections and taking meetings, and so I think that figuring out how to make work work for us, even in a, even if you feel like you're in a dead end situation, but get what you need to help catapult you into the next position. And I, I think that eases the pain just a little bit more, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. I think it's, you know, because I think we've all been through those situations where we're like, there's just no way out of this madness as much as, um, and you've got to, you know, you take, you get what you get, you can't get upset. It's, um, and you try and find a way to move forward um and you know not every situation is going to work out I mean I had my career where I was working at 82 for years and it was never working for me and then you know I started my own company and you know here we are nine years later and still hasn't been a bed of roses but it, you know it's been my own creation and and I think you know my own success has come out of the fact of the lessons I learned um from those experiences and you know You know, you know, you never lose, even in those circumstances, because you always learn something. Absolutely. And and I think if we sort of have that sort of mind shift about it, like, you know, that was a really bad situation. But, you know, something came out of it. Like, I met this person who
1: was there, who was always my champion. And, you know, 10 years later, that dude's still my champion. (laughs) Absolutely. And congratulations for that, because it's not an easy feat to go out on your own and and still keep moving, and you know, at the time when I was in that bad situation, you couldn't have told me, Laura, that I'd write a book based off of that, (laughs) okay? You're like, and look. (laughs) So it's crazy what you can turn, right, into pain, into something else, Um, and realizing that my pain, and I was so vulnerable in this book, but I knew that I had to talk about it so that others could find that, that healing too and so I you don't realize what you're in you know I'm like god why did you bring me across the country and why is this happening to me and but I didn't realize what the bigger picture was it was bigger than just you know my hurt feelings and anxiety you know it was a lot bigger than that
0: oh absolutely I and I think that's that's the thing I think it's you know really remarkable I also think that we've we've also reached a different time in our discourse where you know vulnerability and visibility are actually are key Um, because people actually have to see that you can go through something like that and rise above it because, you know, and what it does to your mental health, what it does to your self-care because like that, you know, even six years ago, people would never talk about like a a situation you had or a situation I had or be like, what? No, (laughs) you just keep it under, you keep it under, you keep that inside and you don't let that out and you just sort of work your way through it. And now I think, you know, we're definitely at a different point in, I want to say like the zeitgeist that like, you know, sharing your experiences that people can sort of be mindful and watchful and see the triggers so that it doesn't happen. Um, also is because, you know, we're you're giving that vulnerability and letting people see that. And that's, that's really incredible. And, you know, I thank you for that. Thank you very much. Uh, so what would you tell 25 year old Minda?
1: Oh Lord! Um. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot. A, lot. <laughs> a lot a lot a lot um but i would I would tell her, and because I am um you know kind of a, a hip hop and early 2000s r and b kind of girl, I would tell her about Ashanti right you know Ashanti song foolish um, all the things that we accept be the things that we regret, and I would tell her you know don't accept bad treatment um, because you 'll regret it later on, and so you you deserve better and, um, and find those places that see, see you, see that talent in you. And so I think that it, we do accept a lot as black women. And I, I hope that we learn to center ourselves and, and put our feelings and our careers above anybody else's.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> it's not F your feelings.
1: It's just like my feelings are should there. Yeah, uh, yes, exactly. Like I, cause we put everybody, you know, we, well, I won't say we, I won't speak for all of us, but I joke around and say, I'm, I come from a long line of caretakers, you say, know, and <laughs> so, so I need to learn how to censor myself for a change, but it doesn't mean that your experience in your situation, it doesn't matter, but mine matters just as much as yours too. <laughs> it really does and it's it's not that I mean like um, and I think as black women, this is
0: a thing that we kind of carry. I mean, so much so that like I have a birthday coming up in, in, in about a week and I bought myself a present that will hopefully arrive on my birthday. But basically, I had something engraved with the words me first. Because Ooh, I like that. Because, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll probably Instagram it. Um, but like because I because I, I, I was like, you know what? I need to treat myself to something cool. Um, but also, I need to remember this. And I think by, by the fact of having something that I wear, that I have to see every day, will remind me of that. Because, you know, especially when we're in our careers, you know, you know, especially with black women, you know, we have other things that we are managing. It's not just our nine to five. We've got friends, we've got family, you know, we've got you know parents or siblings that we've got to also help out depending on anyone's you know you never know what other people's circumstances are um what separate of like if you're married and have kids um and you know it's very easy to fall into the trap of like everybody else's concerns have to be taken care of and we're the last person to get a hug yeah and, and so you know and i think you know that's just detrimental to us you know And the thing is, as soon as I started putting myself first, I, know, I could, you know, actually manage those other situations tremendously better because I was thinking of me first. And then like, okay, based on, well, if I put myself here, I can help out here, 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 here. So maybe a better friend, maybe a better family member, um, and, you know, have better relationships because I just, you know, had to understand that, like, you know, if I don't put myself first, you know, I won't be here because I'll just crap and abuses. pieces.
1: Real talk, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a paramount importance. I'm, um, well, I'm glad you did that, and uh, that's inspiring me because we do. It's hard, but it's a uh, we have to unlearn some things so that we can we can have longevity, and, and we deserve it.
0: Well, you have to put your and it's also your It's also about your health. Now, I say all that to say, like, I'm still a work in progress. Stop. <laughs> Remember, <running. laughs> I just told you I had to buy something to remind me. <laughs> You're making the steps. You're taking the steps. <laughs> I'm taking the steps. And actually, this kind of goes into another part that I really love in your book when you talk about coaching. Because part of the reason that I was able to sort of get this clarity was that I've had a coach for the last couple of years. Um, and it's been you know, enlightening on a number of facets to have someone who isn't a family member, isn't a girlfriend, um, isn't a longtime industry friend, but someone who's not a disinterested party, but someone whose job it is to help you cut through the bullshit, help me cut through the bullshit. And I love the fact that you prioritized this in the book as well.
1: Yeah, we have to invest in ourselves, and not just in the hair and the nails and the shoes, but in our overall holistic well-being as a black woman, as a woman of color. And so I do think, I know we're fabulous and we have all the things covered, but we do have blind spots, right? We have people who uh, can help us take a weight off where we don't have to figure everything out. So I I have coaches for a variety of things in my life. And, um, you know, now I'm like, oh, well, I'll spend, you know, if I have it, I'll be like, okay, well, I could go and buy this X thing for a couple hundred dollars or I can have more time with my speaker coach and put it into myself, you know, because eventually that's going to be an even bigger return on my investment. Right. And so when we think about ourselves in that way, holistically, um, you can't lose you really can't lose. And, you know, and I, and I also think that
0: it's really important that you sort of talk about this because I think oftentimes we will say, well, you know, I'm going to buy myself a really good bag and that will make me feel better about this horrible work situation that I'm in. And I'm like, well, for probably a third of the price of the bag that you're about (laughs) to buy at Neiman's or at Saks, if you had, you know, two or three coaching sessions, it may help you navigate the BS waters that you're, you're dealing with a trifling boss, and or open you up to something else because you know you know as a result of sort of going on, you know, starting coaching, I've gone to like the Tony Robbins thing. I've done sort of these like kind of group meditation uh, with other professionals, and it's opened my eyes to well, that's a lot of different conversations and different. Um, different groups of people and experiences that, I, like if, again three years ago i'd be like there's no way i'm doing that that's hokey bs that's for white people um <laughs> right uh, and now i'm like yeah like what I, whenever i get one of these like invitations to go to one of these things i'm like you know what what have i got to lose at the very least I, am i not a networker and a an relationships person i'll meet some new interesting people which i can add to my Rolodex. at the worst base level uh, and instead, you know, you get something valuable out of it and you, you find out more about yourself. Cause I think that oftentimes is the thing. Like we don't know that there's so much more to us than what's on the surface and having coaching helps you unlock a lot of that.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So, all right. So book's a bestseller. You're on a book tour. What's next for you?
1: Yeah. So, um, right now I'm back in, class. I, I teach a course at NYU Wagner called Talent Development, um, helping future leaders and HR practitioners uh, shift the culture in the workplace for the better. And so back in the classroom, I really enjoy that part of life. Uh, so um, just juggling the two, but then also um, planning a, uh, a writer's retreat for the summer, because I think that part of telling our story or finding out how you can tell your story in other ways is understanding how publishing or self publishing works. And so I want to be able to share um, the behind the scenes of, of the book publishing process and, and bring people together and hopefully um, inspire them to tell their stories in whatever format works for them. And so that's what I'm working on. Really excited about the possibilities of that, because I feel like um, we have to share this, share these resources. Like success is not a solo sport in, um, and I want to be able to, to give back in that way and bring some of the people that I've met in my publishing journey, uh, to answer the questions. And again, just kind of pull back the hood on things. So that's kind of next up uh, for me that I'm really excited about. Awesome. That sounds, that's something that's going incredible. Keep us posted. So we'll
0: share it out. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, um, la- almost lastly, but what is it you do for your self-care? So we've talked about coaching and, you know, buying ourselves with stuff, but what's the thing, like, especially now that, you know, you, it's not a pivot for you, but like, you know, you're on the road a lot. Uh, you're speaking a ton. Uh, I, you know, you're four, you're five years into this entrepreneurial journey. How do you find that balance and manage your self-care?
1: Yes. Uh, well, I, I am a work in progress as well. Uh, at the start of 2020, I, Intentionally said that I only take just a couple of speaking engagements, uh, so just so I can have the time to un- to unpack what I have learned about people, what I learned about myself on a, the four months of being on the first leg of my book tour. And I realize that I can't give the best of myself if I'm not if I'm tired, right? And so for me, uh, it's really practicing what I say yes to and what I say no to. And I realized in 2019. And in 2018, I said yes to a lot of things that I wasn't happy about doing, Um, not because they weren't good opportunities, just because I I just didn't feel like they were the best things for me. It might bring exposure, but I was too tired to do them or maybe the audience wasn't exactly what I had hoped it would be. And so for me, the form of self-care right now is making if I say yes to something, then it's because I really want to do it. And if I say yes to something, what am I saying no to? And so being very clear on what I say yes to that furthers the cause of women of color in the, in the workplace. And if it doesn't do that, then I need to take a really hard look as to why I'm saying yes to that. So that's really been helpful. It's been a struggle because I am a very much a, of course, I can do that kind of person. And, um, but I'm finding that I feel much better when I give myself that space and grace to say no as well.
0: That's really important. I think, you know, you know, as, as busy as we, we, um, we get, you know, saying no is, is, is far more important than saying yes, uh, because you've got to take care of yourself otherwise you'll burn out and then nobody will end up. Yes. <laughs> 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 Wait, what happened here? Hey. Um, so as far as the 29 Days of Magic series, what I'm asking, you know, all of my guests uh, is a give and or an ask. And if there's something that you'd like to ask of our audience or like to give of our audience,
1: um, now's your chance. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, my ask would be if you haven't read the memo that you'll, that you'll get it or that you'll gift it to someone who's had a a hard time in the workplace or that just needs, who's feeling stuck because part of securing your seat at the table is making sure that others are able to secure theirs as well. And so sometimes we just need that, that extra push. And then Um, the give is, you know, if I can be helpful in any way, please find me on, um, social media at Minda Hearts. And if you have questions or, um, career advice that you're looking for, you know, I would love to help you with that. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much. And I will co-sign for this because... Minda is very active on Twitter. <laughs> yes, that is my second home. <laughs> and, uh, and she responds very quickly, which is always kind of hilarious. <laughs> um, but Minda, it has been such a delight to have you on the show. I'm super thrilled you were able to uh, squeeze in some time for us uh, to have this chat, which I think is so very important. Uh, we'll put all your links in the show notes. Buy the damn book, read the book, read the book um, <laughs> listen to it, absorb it, no matter who you are doesn't matter your shade, location, gender identity. um, You'll definitely be able to find some really impactful tips within it, as well as, again, following Minda online, because it's um, really brilliant, the things she says, and also oftentimes very funny. (laughs) Um, So uh, we'll be sure to do that. And again, thanks so much uh, for joining us on the show, Minda. And thank you for the work that you do, Laura. I appreciate you. Have a great one. You too. Thanks so much. And that is our show.